about you guys? Doing well? Nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. <coughs> Sweet dude, well, uh, yeah, I just started recording so we can just kind of get on with it, I guess. Um, we are joined this week by my good friend Mason Unrah. Um, yeah, man, it's it's interesting because we've been trying to have guests on that are like in some way a professional in some area. Uh, and I mean, we have a lot of, I feel like we have a lot of friends who are like entrepreneurs or like small business owners and not that that's not a good thing, but it's like, there's only so much they can add each time, uh, without like the idea of like entrepreneurship getting kind of repetitive, I guess. And so Mason here is big into photography. Uh, and so, yeah, it's just a totally different aspect. We're going to get to explore a little bit, which is exciting. Um, so the first thing I actually want to ask you is, where are you living right now? Uh, right now I'm in Bonneville, uh, where I grew up. So. Oh, nice. Just, yeah. Nice. I got family. You, well, you... not really family, but friends up there. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Here's a nice town. Yeah, it can be pre- can be pretty good. Um, right now it's a little brown and like there's no leaves or anything on the trees. It's waiting for snow, so. Okay. But well, other than that, it's pretty nice. Nice. Yeah. There you go. Now, are you still working for, I never remember what it's called. I want to call it Octopus Design or something like that. It's some outrageous name. Right. Yeah. Um, it's called Octopus Creative. Oh, and there we go. Yeah. I uh, actually finished working for them two weeks ago now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I sort of like stepped down from the position I was there and uh took a step back from like the whole marketing thing. Uh, and now I'm working at a tree nursery. So. <laughs> okay, a tree nursery. Nice. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of a change in, uh, in pace and in scene. <laughs> what do you do at a tree nursery? Well, right now we're uh, packaging all the trees to get set up or yeah, prepared to ship them out to like BC and Northern Alberta to get planted. Okay. What kind of trees? Or is this like, you know, it's, it's almost like, Christmas time, so. <laughs> yeah, it's like spruce trees, all different kinds of pine trees, uh, quite a variety. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Uh, that's crazy. Okay. Man, yeah, I, was, it, I was not expecting that. I won't lie to you. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I was doing the photography and video thing for that uh, Octopus Creative company um, for just over a year. And I was sort of uh, um, full time for the first while, uh, and then my hours slowly started getting less and less as they started getting more and more retained clients and less clients that needed uh, new photography or video, right? Right. So, so I sort of like transitioned to being now more contract opposed to being like on payroll. Right. Uh, and so they'll still call me up or send me a message asking like, "Hey, are you available this day to shoot?" Uh, photography for photography for this company or shoot a video testimonial for this other company cool okay yeah. okay so you're just dabbling a little bit but living that tree tree nurse life <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> tree okay. nurse life yeah. yeah that's cool uh so it's been it's been a good transition then or what yeah yeah i think it was a really healthy transition because um yeah like i wasn't getting many hours and i was starting to get into more get and more yeah yeah student loans and all that fun stuff of course so, absolutely yeah. absolutely no that's awesome man that's good and i see the microphone i assume has uh has your guys' podcast gotten off the area or off the ground yet or what <laughs> no that kind of hit a wall with uh caleb getting back into college so oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... so he hasn't had much time for for podcasting but we're hoping once he gets his schedule figured out and we uh, start recording again, then maybe we'll start publishing something. Well, Mason, yeah. let me tell you, I know what it's like uh, to have a deadbeat co-host. <laughs> I was uh, going to say, I know what it's terrible... like to have your co-host go to college and then just... Except, just, hang on, can I just... The quality just falls off a cliff. It... Oh, yeah. Well, the, the sad part is, is the quality from the guy who works full-time instead. 
has dropped off. <laughs> Instead I, of, you know, uh, a guy, Monday, Friday, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule at school. Yeah, who works full time, uh, doesn't have two days uh, off during the week. It's, it's Tuesday, Thursday. It's get it's school. I oh, Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday off. Come on, Terry. Oh, and okay. Saturday and Sunday, of course. Dude, I mean, what can I say? And yet, you're the you're the quality. I mean, it's all good, uh, Mason. If I can make any suggestions, make sure you get a good co-host, because after a while, you realize that when they don't contribute anything to it except a voice. Uh, <laughs> You the know, voice. No, it's a lot of work. No, don't say the voice. <laughs> Please don't ever say the voice again, okay? Yeah, no, I mean, Caleb's a great co-host. It's just a matter of finding time to, to connect. Yeah, Absolutely. totally. So what, what's the, like, what are you guys going to talk about? What's what's the podcast going to be about? Uh, so right now we're, we have a sort of a working title called Where's the Line? And uh, we'll, we're talk, like, we want to keep it open to uh, lots of different topics, but we'll be discussing, like, Maybe something in the news or different uh, hot topics in culture, and sort of seeing like if there's a line that needs to be drawn on, like uh, this isn't good or this is bad. Yeah. So give us, give us an example of a timeout. 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 Yeah. Mason. Yeah. If you want, I'll just lend you Tarek, and by lend you, I mean <laughs> just give him away. <laughs> uh, and I'll just like carry on with my thing because he loves right. bringing up garbage in the news. Uh, that uh, you know, this is this is Maddie's answer to every single "Where's the line?" question. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I I just I don't feel like I know enough about the topic, Tarek, so I'd Tarek rather just talk about. Tries to bring up nothing. subjects that I think he wants me to somehow like join. Have the an opinion KKK about. Yeah. Or. Nope. <laughs> Absolutely like, not. I think he wants me to hate black people. Absolutely not. A lot of his subject matter. I don't know why, when given the option really to the not hate I black people, you chose the KKK side. You could have chose the other side of that. <laughs> no, See, I, that's where you were wrong. I, think I more it. mean that I think you're trying to make me a white supremacist sympathizer. Absolutely not. And uh, it's definitely not the case. Absolutely not. So, well, that's, that's, there's a hot anyway. topic. Let, yeah. let Mason talk. I want to let Ma- Mason give Hang us on. an example of a, of a okay. topic. Uh, oh, man. It's been a while since we recorded. Last time we recorded, I think it was in April. No, like late June. Or even something so, that happened recently that you'd be like, you know, I'd like to talk about this on Where's the Line or something. Um, uh, oh, one that we've been talking about or that we talked about before was um, diet and food production and like sustainable farming. Uh, and that sort of thing. Okay, so, that's cool. That's a yeah, tough one. Yeah, it's, uh, I think we recorded maybe two practice episodes on that topic. Um, but yeah, there's such a broad spectrum and there's so many alter- alternative um, views on it. So it, it is kind of controversial Controversial, and uh, it made for a good good sort of back and forth of what we thought. Oh, that's good. Is, and it is your background. I mean, being in Bonneville, like ag and agriculture and farming, or is his? Uh, uh, yeah. So that's the thing. Like both. I growing up in Bonneville, there's lots of farmers who live around the area and stuff. Uh, I grew up on an acreage outside of town, but never really had a lot of uh, interest in the farming or like food production and that. Uh, it's only like in this past year where I really started becoming more conscious of what I've been eating or like where food is coming from. Uh, but it definitely gives you a interesting perspective having grown up around people who do produce food um, and have large cattle farms or lots of fields, right? Interesting. Yeah. yeah no kidding. Huh. That would be interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that's just one example of a topic that we were talking about. Um, then there's always something in the news where it's, it's interesting and there's two differing sides. Uh, so a lot of times we don't necessarily draw any solid conclusions, um, and, but a lot of times we don't necessarily agree with one another either. So it makes for a fun conversation. Did you come down on the side of in 20 years we'll all be vegans? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I would like to say so, but I mean, I don't see it um, yeah. as happening. Uh, there's a lot of inter- interesting conversation in like artificially grown meat. So Oh, you can do that? They can do that? Yeah, they're working on it. There's a lot of uh, development in that area. It's weird, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. You just make it in a factory uh, rather than like cutting it off an animal. It's kind of, yeah, it's weird, but like 
the same time, if you can make it almost identical in like taste and biological makeup, then does it really make a difference? Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. That's something to work on a lot, I think, is the, the texture of the meat and just replicating the texture of of like a, a steak, for example, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, a lot yeah, of I science. Think, actually, I think Maddie, oh, I told Maddie on this podcast once that I think our kids, maybe our kids' kids won't eat meat and they'll think we were kind of barbaric for eating meat, but I don't know if it's true. That's my, that's know. my 60 yeah. year terrible prediction. terrible at making these predictions. Yeah. I that's... sort of, I would align with that too, I think. Uh oh, yeah. Maddie. Ooh. Uh, no, Anyways, regardless if you have two that's... people that believe in that, I just don't know that that's like, I don't know. I just don't see that really being a thing. I think had Mason come up with it first, you would have thought it was a great idea. Uh, no, definitely <laughs> still not. <laughs> Anyways, well, that's cool. That's interesting. Um, I like that. I like the idea. That's an interesting topic in general, just to you know find a subject and be on either side of it. And Yeah. yeah. Cool. Right, so man. how much of your time... Hey, I'm sorry, Maddie. You have an agenda you'd like to get through? Yeah, I just wanted to I ask do. him some more questions. Okay. All right, Maddie, no, it's your come show. Come on. Please, Tarek. Let's, well, I know let's you mentioned bore listeners your, for the next 15 minutes. Your, okay, let's bore <laughs> listeners. You mentioned, I just try to get a feel for, for where you're at. So you, you mentioned you're at the tree nursery, and you're also doing photography. How much, like, is it, like, 50-50, or is it, like, 100 and then 20% photography because you're full-time at the nursery? You know what I mean? Right, yeah. So right now, definitely there was a transition time where it was, like, okay, this new job is just kicking my butt because I'm going from, like, a nice desk job for the most part to, like, physical labor. Uh, and so that transition was a little much. But now I'm definitely hoping to be, make it sort of, like, 80-20 because uh, a full-time job does take up a lot of time, but I still have my 4.30 to 11 or my weekends to designate to photography. Um, yeah, so like this weekend I was teaching a photography class for Saturday, cool. Sunday, and that took up those full days, right? So yeah. is it just you just put out like, hey, photographer, are willing to teach, and then people sign up, or what? Uh, for this time, uh, there's a, I guess, organization in town called the Bonneville Learning Council, and they contacted me, and uh, yeah, we set something up. So there was, uh, the first time I did it, there were eight participants for both days, and then uh, this past weekend, <clears throat> there were uh, another eight uh, for each day, so nice. it was a pretty good turnout. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Oh, awesome. awesome. Yeah. Huh. And I'll ask some more questions about photography later because Matt looks like he's ready to boil an egg on his forehead. So <laughs> for sure. <laughs> what does that mean, boil an egg on his forehead? I don't know. It's just what happens in cartoons when they get mad. It's just you know you never seen that before. They no. Get- Okay. <laughs> you're just angry, so you're hot. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not angry. I was actually just going to kind of play right off of that and say, uh, I guess that's like the beauty of teaching photography, right? Like, obviously, you can go and get like a degree in photography from some like art school. But like, when you're in a small town, you can just set up workshops for it and get people to pay you whatever you charge. And it's like, you're just teaching them from your own personal knowledge. It's There's no curriculum or anything like that or anything, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's sort of like the really nice thing it's because they, they contacted me to teach this course and I made up my entire lesson. So the first time I did it, it was a lot of work having to plan out like what am I going to talk about for those six hours or yeah. uh, eight, uh, seven hours. Yeah. So but then once I got that done, it's sort of you get into the flow of it. You're like you teach a concept and then you go practice it. And yeah, there's not really a, a guideline that you have to maintain. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Like Dude. It. Well, I want to steer away from it real quick, and then we'll get back into the whole photography. I got, like, an entire list of questions. I got, like, seven or eight of them here. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but I want to hit up our pop culture first, T, because I got a bunch okay. of stuff. All right. Let's get the – you want to start with the Riverdale update, or you're not going there uh, right away? We're, we're going to veer away from that right off the bat. Okay. Uh, okay. First off, Twitter blew up last night. Because Mr. Timberlake dropped a little video with Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, I heard about this. announced that he is going to be the halftime show. Nice. You think he's going to rip anyone else's clothes off this time or what? You know, I wondered if that, like, I wonder if that's why he's been blackballed or not blackballed, but, like, just has not been invited back since 2004. Nah. It's 2014. That's 13 years. Yeah, but that's not unreasonable for an artist to not play the Super Bowl for 13 years. Uh, no, obviously not. But I would just say that 
He's had a lot of peaks since 2004 where he would have probably been the premier artist to go after uh, for some of those years. Yeah. And I just thought, I was just kind of shocked that it's taken this long for him to kind of be the halftime show again. I just, yeah. And so I always yeah, kind of did right. wonder, but I guess this kind of disproves it as well to, to know that like he's obviously back. So that's, that's a positive thing, but uh, yeah, definitely go. I was reading some, a couple articles talking about it. Everyone seems to be pumped. And then everyone of course brings up the Janet Jackson and her nipple popping out on yeah. live television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, well, yeah, it makes sense. That's the last time he was there, and you know, but I'm sure it won't happen this time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not. Let's I think not. Justin Timberlake, though, he's the kind of like, he's brave enough and and funny enough. He'll at least do something that sort of references it. You know, maybe he'll actually rip someone else's clothes off, but they'll be other clothes underneath type of deal. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Just pull, like pokes fun at his own like mishap. I think he would. I feel like he's he's that kind of guy, but I don't know. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, okay. Uh, so T, I started watching movies again, so that we have <laughs> something of value to talk about. And you know what I just watched? Okay, go ahead. The new Spider-Man movie. You guys seen the new Spider-Man Homecoming. movie? Homecoming. I liked it. Dude. No, you haven't seen it, Mason? No, I haven't seen it. Oh my gosh! Are you it was a fan so of good. the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man's? Is- uh, Toby Maguire, Spider-Man, that's it? Not particularly. I mean, I'm sort of... There's so many like superhero movies that I just sort of lose track of all of them now. There so. are a lot. Yeah, yeah that's fair. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to give like a quick review, break it down for people. Uh, it had awesome casting. Um, and with Tom Holland, who plays Spider-Man, he... It really feels like he's a high school student. Um, like they he, cast yeah, him, he like, looks really like a young. kid. Yeah, he and... Did. And even as he's, like, transitioning to get this feel for being Spider-Man, you know, you see some, like, genuine flaws in his, like, abilities. And uh, as he's getting used to it, it's kind of funny. Like, um, someone, like, steals a bike, so he, like, apprehends the person, but then doesn't know who the bike belongs to. So he just, like, puts it there and puts a little thing basically saying, I here's your bike back sort of thing. Anyway, it's just, like, a few comical things here and there. Uh, it had a good storyline, um, an awesome twist with the villain and how all of a sudden it clicks for Michael Keaton and who Spider-Man is. And anyways, um, spoilers. Yeah. Well, you know, Tarek, it's out on yeah. DVD now it's so, true. or Blu-ray, it's I true. guess, whatever you want to call it. Video out on video. <laughs> it's out on VHS tape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but I, I think it, it sets it up super well for sequels to happen and obviously, it still like belongs to Sony, and so I just hope that. Well, they like, have a deal with Marvel, though. Well, kind of. I was I've been reading about this, and basically, Sony owns the contract with Tom Holland, and they can basically take it back from Marvel Studios anytime they want. Oh. Um, but at the same time, it's probably far more profitable to leave it with Marvel and just get like. A chunk of the pie rather than taking the whole thing and screwing it up um so i mean i just hope that if sony does take it back that they don't kind of like ruin it with like lazy plot lines and you know hoping that you know tom holland will carry it just based on his performances in these marvel films that sort of thing and uh yeah man that was that uh you guys ever seen the movie snowpiercer no uh, hey is that wait the one the train? Was, yeah yeah dude how crazy is that movie (laughs) so i'm scrolling through netflix and yesterday and i was just like man i need something to watch and i come across this i've seen this movie like probably a dozen times t if you gotta step away it's all good man uh and i turn it on dude and it is wild guys if you have a chance to watch this movie go out and watch it it's on netflix in canada at least i don't know if it is in the u.s or you know other parts of the country or the world wherever you're listening to this uh it's awesome it's like this kind of it's a dystopian wasteland but it's set in the winter and it's just it's really interesting it shows like kind of the the war on like kind of human socioeconomic classes uh that sort of thing and it's just it's really really well done um it's really well cast and i was just like shocked that People like I had never heard of it before finding it on Netflix, and I was just blown away that you know you had people like John Hurt, Chris Evans, 
uh, Ed Harris, uh, Octavia Spencer, and you're just like, man, how did this not even get promoted well at all? It was uh, a pretty critically acclaimed movie, though. Everybody oh, was talking yeah. about how good it was when I it would, came out. Well, and I was looking through Rotten Tomatoes last night. It was a 95 yeah. on the tomato meter, and I was like, wow. holy shit. Like, how is, how is this not, like, talked about? It just felt like I never heard of it, and I just assumed that it would have been a more talked about movie. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's fair. You're right, because I haven't heard a lot about I have heard about it. I heard great movie. you got to see it. Honestly, reading the premise, it doesn't sound super interesting, but everyone says it's so good. Dude, it was so, so. nuts. It's actually really funny because you were bringing up the whole thing about like f- genetically modified food or whatever, and these people who are like the lowest class citizens actually f- get fed this like Jello that's supposed to be like protein, mm-hmm. and they just hate it so much because they don't have actual <laughs> food because that's all they get to eat is this yeah. like jelly block of of protein. Wow. It's super gross looking. And yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah, it's it's a pretty wild movie though. It's but it's good. It's real good. Oh, and it's got uh, Han from Wolverine. Fast and the Furious. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I love that guy. So, <laughs> anyways, watched a couple movies this weekend. It was really good. Snowpiercer and Spider Man. Hey, those are two different ends of the spectrum, but I like it. Yeah, Tarek, <laughs> I knew you'd like both because they're action movies, man. You don't need like. You can definitely think if you want during Snowpiercer, but for your sake, Tarek, I'll say that you don't have to if you don't want to. Appreciate it. There's a higher chance of me watching it now. I know. <laughs> I know. So, anyways, uh, and then, of course... I'm, oh, hang on a second. Oh, you got to let us okay. comment. I mean, oh, what the heck? Okay, carry I on, got Tarek. <laughs> People, if you guys want to fast forward about the next four minutes, no, 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 no. I just wanted to say, I want to get your opinion about this. I think I think this is going to be a good opportunity for you not answer me though. Okay. Spider Man, you said you liked the casting, yep. but there was actually quite a bit of controversy about who they picked to be his love interest and in both love interests, if if you really think about it, because she wasn't a redhead. It wasn't Mary Jane as historically Mary Jane. People were like, it's just change for change's sake. It's just to be socially, I don't know, you know, progressive or whatever. What do you think? Do you think it was cast well, regardless? Yeah, I, I mean, of course the comics, they're going to have, like, a redhead uh, Caucasian girl, but that's just because that's what the comics are. So, of course, that's how they cast uh, the people in the past. Um, it's actually kind of funny because we've only had one Mary Jane, and that was Kirsten Dunst. Uh, even in the ones with Andrew Garfield, it was Emma Stone, and she played Gwen Stacy, who it was that's a different yeah, it's a different like comic, line altogether, yeah. right? But uh, I mean, there was a lot of chatter um, even when Spider Man was being developed, whether or not they were going to go with the other storyline, which is the Spider Man that is Miles Morales, who is an African American Spider Man, and there was a lot of chatter. Oh, maybe they'll go this way because it obviously like encourages the racial diversity of Hollywood, that sort of thing. Obviously, one with Tom Holland, which I think was a great choice. And he's British. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. He plays a, he has a really good American accent. Yeah, he does. Um, he does. But do I really care? Not really. Yeah. I don't know. I People make such a big deal about but, stuff but like I'm that, also, though. Like, I really guess do. if you're like a comic purist, then maybe. But I'm also not like... I mean, not anymore. I'm not into comic books. But I was when I was a little kid. But even if I still nice. was, I probably wouldn't care that much. It's like yeah, whoever whoever fills the role the best, I I would say give it to them no matter what. Totally. You know? Um my favorite part of that movie was when Spider Man's deep in the suburbs. Deep in the suburbs, and it's like, I have to go get the bad guys. And he like runs and shoots his web and he like it goes nowhere and he's like, Oh, right. <laughs> and he has to like run across right. the entire right. suburbs to get back to the city. That's so right. he can actually no building to, to shoot yeah. them off of. That's right. That's right. always oh, the man. big joke about Spider Man and they totally made the joke. <laughs> oh dude, it's oh all I gotta say, Mason, is go and watch it. It's super good. It's fun. It's just a you know You know what? Anyway. I think the cool part was they like weaved in a lot of the Marvel universe, like right into it, which was really okay. cool. Yeah, uh, and so it's like it even plays off of at the very beginning. It plays off of um, kind of the destruction and stuff after uh, the, first the Avengers. Avengers movie. Okay, nice. Yeah. yeah, I really like it when the the movies play off each other because it doesn't make sense for them to have all these like different universes where nothing's affecting the other movie, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's cool fun. That they team up movies. Anyways, that's all I had to say. 
Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, that was valid. That was valid. T, we got to do. We do have to talk though about uh, about our Riverdale, like we yeah. regularly do. <laughs> Mason, are you a Riverdale fan? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, and I watch it. Well, you tell us. Tell us what you thought of episode two. Oh man. Uh, uh, well, we watched it Friday. I guess when it first came out, or Saturday. One of those. About Wednesday, but yeah. Wednesday, yeah. We checked Netflix on Friday, I think. But um, you know, I have a really bad memory. So like, once people start talking about it, then I'll like remember everything. But until then, I can't really like comment on it. I can't recap, Maddie. What's yeah. that? Give us a recap. What what happened in the episode? Oh, dude, I just thought it was pretty wild, man. You see this like dark turn in Archie, obviously. Um, you start to see kind of the the movement of Hiram Lodge now that he's in Riverdale and uh, how that money works and and you can see that like power is like a big part of his identity um, and that he's like. He's kind of a slimy businessman, uh, you know, with, um, what did he say? He, he bought Pop's Chocolate Shop, but wants Secretly, to keep it yeah. kind of hush-hush. Uh, and, yeah, man, I just, you know what I realized as well? Ben and I were talking about this on the weekend, and I said, I think Reggie, they turned into a white guy, and they got rid of the Asian guy who played him last year. He looks year. like he might at least be half Asian, <laughs> but they did announce that beforehand. Oh, really? He's, he's a little Asian. Yeah, they did. He went on Dang. to do a different show. He got a better offer or something to be a star and something. I don't know. Oh, but man. He, um, he's, he's got to be a little Asian, I think. But anyways, yeah, it is a totally different guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> I saw the character, and I was like, wait, that's... <laughs> Is this a new person they're introducing? Like, same name? Like, new, new person at the school? What's up? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, here's the thing, man. Reggie is an enabler and also part-time school drug dealer. So, yeah. hooking up Archie with drugs. Uh, the Cub Scout is hooking him up with a gun. Uh, Jughead's <laughs> turning... That's and doily, hey? Yeah. <laughs> Jughead's turning full bad guy, I'm thinking. Outside serpent, it's in his blood, though. You know, oh, dude, I was saying to Ben, I said, Watch, you wait by the end of this, he's going to prison for killing someone. Yeah, I'm, Ooh, I'm geez, maybe that's dark. Yeah, that is really or, dark. Or maybe he's getting pinned for, for murdering someone. <laughs> I can but... see him like getting framed by by some of like, the rich people in town or something just to like pass off a murder that they did. Dude, you definitely right. see that happening. Right. My prediction... actually, you know what? It might be he made that that side deal with that lawyer chick, and that's what that's, I'm saying. That's gonna backfire him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's gonna make him do something he doesn't want to do. That's exactly it, and that's what I'm seeing that as being our quote unquote cliffhanger. <laughs> Tarek laughs every time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for the end of the season, is that he's gonna have to like kill Betty's dad? That was my prediction. Oh my mm. gosh! Well, I mean, nobody wow. likes Betty's dad. Kind well, of I know he's not like he's not really a <laughs> huge part of the story either, but like it's gonna cause some real relationship issues, you know? Yeah. So and, and yeah, I never did think about that. Like, like uh, Reggie did pull like a, a Vivian Banks season three, show up completely different character, <laughs> and then he's pushing pills, and it's like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, Red, Red, Red went dark yeah, real Reggie? quick, man. <laughs> and also the murder kind of, of uh, Midge and Moose at the end. Dude, oh yeah, that was Midge, crazy. Midge yeah. was kind of a short-lived character. Like she showed up <laughs> in that episode, dead <laughs> later on in the episode. Yeah. So Sometimes like, oh, it feels like too is like, is this someone's dream or no? It's real life. Yeah. 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 You're dead. Oh yeah. <laughs> so she lasted all of about a half hour in this entire show. And uh, yeah, man, I'm just. I feel like Archie is going to come home with that gun. His dad's going to find it, and then it's just going to be, like, done with. Like, he's not actually going to use that gun. It's just going to, like, make him look a little tougher, but nothing will happen. Or yeah, probably. maybe that's the next murder weapon. Oh, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. I, I feel like they're really – hey, man, Mason, I think we're the same mic. Anyways, I feel like they're um... – trying to really make this bigger and better than season one like so many murders so many different things going on and i just hope they don't overdo it you know i just hope they don't they, they try to i don't know focus on the wrong things instead of focusing on the right things to make the story good even with just one murder 
Well, I mean, you only have like four seasons, really. Like of the what? show, you they're, figure they're sophomores or juniors now. They're juniors in high school now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like you got your junior year, your senior year. Maybe you can justify a year after high school. But this is like a four or five. No, season aren't they just sophomores now? Weren't they just freshmen last year? No, I don't think they were freshmen. I'm pretty sure they were sophomores. I think I think they were. I think okay. they're sophomores. All but, I know I mean, is all I'm saying is you got like a five year period here and then it all starts to like really crumble down riverdale the college years what are you talking about (laughs) all all four of them all going to the exact same one well you need like seven of them all going to the same one (laughs) yeah tell me how that worked out for saved by the bell (laughs) all all i know is it's i i still enjoy it um it's it's moving slower than the first season obviously uh, but that's also because everything isn't like brand new anymore. But right, right. we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Oh. And also, uh, by the time people hear this, Stranger Things will be officially out. Stranger Things season two. And yeah, uh, Brittany and I just went to season one still, but I'm I'm excited for season two. It's just in time for Halloween, which is pretty smart, I think. And so yeah, yeah clearly they mm. didn't think that through in marketing or anything, Derek. <laughs> Very smart. <laughs> what a coincidence. It's right by Halloween. I'm going to say that marketing guy at Netflix is earning his keep. <laughs> uh, Mason, I feel like this would very much be a show that you and Celine would watch. Am I correct? Yeah, we also watched that one. Yeah. Yeah. So It's pretty good. Dude, I'm pumped. It's Friday, literally, I have no class. I'm going to do all my homework on Thursday night. I'm waking <laughs> up at like 6 a.m. Friday morning, and I'm just going to binge hard. Nice. So it's just like eight episodes? Yeah. But I'm just I guess watching that's like eight it hours just about though, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, at first I really didn't like it because it was just like I, I don't do well with like sort of horror movies or that genre. Yeah. And it's like right on the edge of that. Um, but then I started watching it and I was like, okay, this really isn't that bad. That monster was kinda creepy, but yeah. you know. Oh shoot, T, you're not there. Are you there yet? Yeah, I am not, but I did know there was a monster because of the okay. first episode. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry, T. I, I, I won't say nothing anybody... anymore. I apologize, Derek. I I hate when people ruin monsters? things for me, so yeah. I don't want to ruin it for you either. Appreciate so, it. So I'm sorry. About... Oh, dang it, Derek! Just turn your headphones off or something, right? I want to talk. Okay. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you got it. Stop it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's it's back. It's exciting. Everyone will, I'm sure, watch it throughout the weekend or whatever, and then it'll be, you know. We'll all be sitting and waiting for another year for another season to come out. But uh, that's all I got for pop culture, man. I have some news. During the oh. pop culture minute, for some reason, some kid dropped off a box of popcorn twists at my house. Fry old yes. Dutch. I don't Dude, know what that's about. Those <laughs> are the best. Yeah, some guy and his two kids. Dude, crack into him, man. He was old and they were young. And he said, Brittany ordered them. You got to test them like, to make sure they're not poisonous. I was like, Brittany Williams? Yep. Awesome. <laughs> Brittany Williams. I guess that's mine. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, popcorn twists are the best. Did you know you could even order popcorn, a box of popcorn twists to be delivered to your house? Like, how does that even happen? I feel like she probably ordered <laughs> it from a fundraiser of some sort. Oh, maybe, yeah. Wasn't she the kind sort? Anyways, yeah, I'm going to have some popcorn twists. Mainly because I feel like Costco nice. doesn't do home del- deliveries. But Mason, yeah. why is it so black in your house? Uh, well, I'm actually upstairs uh, in my grandparents' place because uh, they're gone right now, uh, and I just forgot to turn the lights on when I came up here. Okay, so, fair enough. Wow, the yeah. sun went down fast then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. pretty much black outside. Well, let's jump into this conversation if you guys got nothing else to add into there. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Uh, Mason, let's start off with the basics, obviously, when it comes to photography. Uh, how did it all start, man? Like, where where did you first get interested in photography? Like, how old were you? All that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, so I think it probably started when I was pretty young. Uh, my mom and like grandparents, they always had like little point and shoot cameras with film, and then they'd go and get them developed on like after family trips and all that stuff. Uh, and I always wanted a camera to like take my own pictures. Uh, not sure why. It was probably just one of those things that I saw like adults doing that I wanted to also do. Uh, so I got my own little um, 
point and shoot film camera and uh, started taking lots of pictures. Uh, and then one summer we went on a trip. I think it was like seven uh, trip to Newfoundland. And uh, yeah, I just took like lots of pictures. And then my my grandparents or my nan or, or my mom, someone commented on like, wow, you just take a really quick picture um, because it always takes like them and other old people like forever to frame up a picture and then finally take it. Um, and I wasn't about that. So I uh, burned through lots of rolls of film and probably cost a little bit of money to develop all that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I got that first little camera and I love taking pictures. Uh, so I guess that was probably the first part. Uh, and I was like seven around that time. Uh, and then like growing up, I was playing like tons of sports, played lots of soccer and volleyball. Uh, and then after starting to play really competitively, uh, and training lots and like getting ready to go to sort of that next level and go play in Europe, uh, I had got injured. And so, um, there's a growth plate in my hip that started to get damaged, um, from just like diving. Cause I was playing goalie at that time. Um, and then like my knees were starting to get bad from jumping and all that. Uh, so, so yeah, I kind of had to like stop playing at the high level I was and return to Bonneville and just play here. Um, but with like taking away all that time of like training and being in Edmonton and, um, like putting all my time into sports, um, I had to find something else to put that time into. So that's where I sort of was like, oh, I really enjoyed photography when I was younger. Um, maybe I'll pick up another camera. Um, and so I got a camera for Christmas one year and started just taking more pictures and, putting all that time that I would have into sports into like just being outside in nature and um, yeah, taking lots of pictures. So that's uh, pretty much where it started. I think that's cool. That's cool. So what yeah. was like, what was the first camera that you remember that was like your camera? Uh, so other than the, like that first point and shoot camera that I, I still have, but yeah. I wouldn't say that's like the first one. Uh, I worked for a whole summer and then worked like odd jobs during school throughout the year to afford a, a Canon 60D. Okay. Uh, and so I got that and uh, yeah, saved up all my money, spent all my money on that camera and took it on a, a school trip to China. And that's, yeah, that's basically my first like main camera that I had just up until a year and a half ago. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Do you want to ask a couple of your questions? I know you're dying to. Okay. Um, so what kind of, like, what, what, I don't know if you call it genre photography, do you mostly do? Like, uh, I, I was on your website for our fans. It's masonunraunrauphotography.com, correct? Uh, just masonunra.com. Unra.com. Yeah. Um, and I saw everything from from portraits and wedding photographs to, like, nature. And, and uh, I really like the travel photograph section, actually. That was pretty cool. Um, but what would you say you spend most of your time doing and what do you like doing best? Uh, yeah, so like on my website, you'll see a lot of landscapes, uh, a lot of sort of like travel portraits and that that sort of thing. Um, but like when I'm in Bonneville or just in Alberta, uh, definitely like landscape and nature stuff, um, just being outside and going, finding sunset or sunrise and or going on hikes and, and just finding cool pictures there. Nice. Uh, so, you, so you like the landscapes i guess then quite a bit yeah landscapes nature as nice. i say that's my preferred uh photography genre uh, but like when i can afford to travel or i am traveling that i i love doing that just meeting new people in different cultures but it's just not as practical to always be overseas <laughs> yeah yeah totally but you know it's funny i mean you maybe encounter this as you travel but you know the pictures you take of alberta in certain parts of the world in a lot of parts of the world, they're just like amazed at the, at, you know what I mean? Like right here in our backyard, there's people who would just kill to have the ability to see what we see right. every day. And you can, you can make, make it look so amazing and they can, you know, take, yeah. take that in. Right. So it's kind of yeah. cool. And that's something that I like moving back to Bonneville for the, the summer and now get planning on living here for a little bit. Um, like the area is not really thought of as like being really nice because, uh, we don't have like mountains. We don't have, um, we have lots of lakes and stuff, but they're not really picturesque lakes. They're not crystal blue or anything like you find in, in BC. Um, but there's just finding those like 
hidden gems uh, through like the prairies or the the wetlands, I guess this area is called, uh, and trying to to create pictures that are memorable uh, and that people are able to like relate to. They're like proud of their living in this region uh, because a lot of people aren't necessarily like super thrilled of being in Bonneville or in the whole Lakeland district in general. Oh, cool. That makes sense, actually. Yeah, I could see. No, totally. That's cool. Yeah. Let people know that this is beautiful, even if you don't, you know. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. So then when, um, like on the business end of things, mm-hmm. what do people mostly, mostly pay you to do? What, what type of pictures are you usually, like, do you sell your stuff to stock photography websites or? Yeah. So uh, with this, the past year working with the marketing agency, I was doing a lot of corporate work. Uh, so getting like corporate headshots and uh, sort of like candid photos of a variety of businesses and what they do. Um, so there's like a few auto body shops and a few like um, just random companies that need photography done. Uh, a lot of it was corporate. And so that took up most of my jobs. Uh, and then like on the side, I'll sell the occasional canvas print or uh, yeah, mostly prints like that. I haven't gotten into stock um, just because it takes a lot of time and I don't know if the the payoff would really be worth it right now. <laughs> right, no, fair enough. And I don't yeah. understand much of that, to be honest, in terms of yeah. how you get stock photos on a stock photo website. But <laughs> Right. Yeah, basically it's a submission process. Um, okay. And they just say like, okay, this photo is good enough quality and it might sell and people have been requesting, um, let's say, smiling dentists <laughs> i don't know yeah. <laughs> oh, okay fair enough there yeah. you go cool i like it man yeah well, now if you could like let's say where do you want to take it what would you like to take more pictures of uh that's something that i've been rethinking since sort of qu- stopping a lot of the the corporate uh photography uh and i'm i'm leaning a lot towards like conservation and um the environment uh and <laughs> you don't want to work for the man anymore hey? <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> it, it just it's uh, yeah i don't like being on that that wheel of always trying to accomplish not accomplish but like strive for more money um that a lot of like the marketing sort of leads to um not that that's bad i mean it's it's great and there's lots of fun jobs in there but um like I've always been intrigued with nature and and conservation, uh, and so figuring out like organizations and or businesses that are more aligned with with that area, I think is probably where I'll be heading next. Um, uh, and yeah, I, when I first started, I was always like aspiring to work for National Geographic, but uh, I see now that like you kind of need like a master's in biology or already be doing something related to that field of study um, in order to kind of be on a payroll by National Geographic. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Nice, man. Well, I got some rapid fire for you unless Maddie wants to jump in, but... Hang on, hang on. We just I, got want a, our list. I got a couple that I want to throw at him later on as well, so... Well, I really sure. only have one. But when you say uh, later on, do you mean right now? No, 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 because I do have a question for you um, that came up. Actually, this is a few weeks ago when we first started discussing you coming on here. Uh, this one kind of made me think because I was listening to some podcasts. Uh, let me just preface it with this. Um, of I listen to a lot of co- different like stand-up comedians. Mm-hmm. And they always talk about um, how it's like the golden age of stand-up now because it's so accessible um, what Netflix has done with you know all the stand-up specials and everything like people are really getting into the craft but they said the problem is that everyone just thinks that they can do it as well so you get a lot of people who are just like convinced because it's so accessible that that they're good at stand-up comedy right away uh, and so they were talking about a lot of like clubs and amateur nights and stuff where they just see people come in and just crash and burn so hard because they just assume that because their friends tell them they're funny that yeah. they can go up there, tell mm. a few jokes, and they think that everyone <laughs> will laugh. They don't fully understand like the craft that goes with it, the timing, you right. know, the you know, uh, putting you know different jokes together to make it all kind of move together. And then I also was just listening to a podcast with um, a professional singer, and. Okay. 
he was talking about almost the exact same thing with like the rise of YouTube and how many people just put their content out there thinking that they're going to be discovered by, you know, I think that's how Justin Bieber was discovered, right? And so, yeah, I think he was sort of one of the first of that trend. Yeah, yeah. and so people yeah. just assume, oh, I'm just going to throw my stuff up on YouTube and clearly some huge record producer is going to find me and they're just yeah. looking for that like instant success. And so with all that said, I've wanted to talk to you about this with the idea of social media, especially Instagram, um, people who, you know, not, I mean, there are people who make money off of their photos on Instagram, I'm sure. And, oh, yeah. you know, um, I, I have a few friends who are, are working very hard at it and, you know, they're from small towns and yet they have like a few thousand followers and stuff now, which is like, it's super positive to see. And so it's almost like you can kind of get this self-made industry, but do you think that that's good or bad for photography for it to be so accessible and, uh, and for everyone to try and like, just assume that they're good at photography because they know how to like slide a filter that they bought for a dollar twenty nine at the app store. Yeah. <laughs> or or are you like a purist who's like no 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 like you gotta you gotta understand the colors the contrast the the sharpness all these you know different things like. Right. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I initially I want to align with like oh yeah I'm a purist I really I really would like for people to just understand the art of it and um and put in the hours put in those 10,000 hours of, of genuine practice and like hard work um but but the other side of me is like I love photography so much that I, I love seeing people doing it and, and just trying it um and and I mean for myself I didn't start off good I I was just awful um maybe I had like an occasional good picture or I had a maybe an eye for it a lot of people say uh, but like everyone's sort of going through their own process of, of learning and getting better. And there's, so there's some people that like for Instagram, uh, Instagram, for example, uh, there's a style there that's very, uh, distinct to Instagram and you can, it's really easy for me to like, let's say copy that style. Um, and those, those photographers get lots and lots of followers and they're probably able to make a pretty good living, um, based on their um, their style that, that caters to that audience. Um, uh, and for myself, like I know how to do that style, but it's not something that is, it, I, I wouldn't feel like I'm genuinely putting myself into my images. It'd feel like I'm just emulating someone else's. Right. Uh, so yeah, I guess I'm not sure if that completely answered your question, but for sure. Uh, no, yeah, no, no, part I, of it makes sense. I, no, guess, I, hear what you're saying. I guess more what I'm saying at the same time is, do you think the accessibility for people to showcase their photography through avenues such as social media is a good thing for the industry or not a good thing for the industry? And I'm talking about the professional industry, not just, uh, hey, it's great to see everyone's photos. Of course, it's great to see everyone's photos. You're mm -hmm. able to keep up with people. That's a beauty right. of social media. But I more just mean like, is it a beneficial thing for professional photographers or not? I, I mean, I would one hundred percent say yeah, it's beneficial. Uh, before, if I let's say if I wanted to get any sort of footing in the photography industry, um, there's no way I would have been able to get my job at this marketing agency before social media. Right, right. right. Um, because I would have had to find the local <laughs> photographer in the area, go through sort of like an apprenticeship. Right. Um, with that person, get all of their knowledge, and then maybe after like 20 years or 10 years of training with that person, then I would be able to maybe go it on my own. Um, where social media sort of like skips that part, and you're really able to just, um, yeah, put yourself out there and be discovered way easier than you would have back in the day where you're maybe only discovered through a gallery showing or getting featured in a magazine. Um, it, it's way more accessible now, and I'm like personally grateful for that because I don't think I would have had the ability or the opportunities being in a small town like Bonneville to get any sort of footing in that door. Okay. No, that's good. Yeah. That's good to know. That okay. makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. And it's one of those things too where it's kind of like it's not going back. You're not going to be able to. No, no <laughs> you absolutely. Know? So you got to learn to. You got to learn to live in that world, right? So yeah. Exactly. Okay. Now I actually have some fan questions. Believe it or not. 
Uh, fans of mine, not of Terry's, yeah. I might add. Let's just make that super clear. Draw that line in the sand. These are fans that reach out to uh, me directly. Here we go. Here okay. we go. So, okay. anyways, um, one of them. So it's Matt's mom and then Matt's brother uh, def- and maybe Matt's sister. But anyways, de- let's go ahead. Definitely yeah. not. Uh, they actually come from, I'll, I'll tell you afterwards where they came from, but uh, I don't want to kind of put them on blast or anything like that. But one of them is actually an aspiring photographer. Awesome. Um, they're, they're pretty young at it and just young in life altogether. And they're like kind of not sure how to pursue it um, to a professional level, I guess. And so they were curious if there's any advice you might give to an aspiring photographer. Right. So I find that sort of funny because I still feel as though I'm – an aspiring photographer uh, in the grand scheme of things I haven't really been doing it that long compared to hey bro, the legends you make money at it you're a professional all right <laughs> sure Dude, that's sure how it works. <laughs> <laughs> we'll use that criteria um but I mean when compared to like people who've been doing it for 30 years um yeah I'm not much but uh advice I would say like you, you definitely just want to be shooting as much as you can um for myself, like over the summer and right now it's sort of like a in-between season for photography because there's not a whole lot nice, there's not a lot of nice weather out and there's no like fall colors or white snow. Um, but during the summer, I'd be definitely trying to get out multiple times a week to shoot sunset or um, go on a any kind of shoot just to get, have the camera out and be, be thinking um, how to improve on the craft, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, starting off like get a good um, base for like how to use your camera. I mean that's huge. Um, but then like social media is also really big. Try to find that niche on social media that you're you're maybe playing into, um, and yeah, keep practicing. <laughs> and also don't forget to add your eight thousand hashtags to the end of each photo. Yeah, that's yeah. crucial. Yeah. That's that's kind <laughs> of like that. Uh, uh, okay and then also with that what would you say is like a good base of a camera setup for someone to start out with if they wanted to take this seriously more serious than just their iphone even though the iphone has a great camera in it yeah uh, not like that samsung garbage that tarik has but (laughs) i don't have a samsung phone (laughs) oh right htc i always forget that you have an htc yeah you do Right, Anyways, cool. yeah. Uh, I mean, if they wanted to does. use more than just their phone, what would you suggest? Yeah, uh, have you guys seen the like the comparison videos from the new iPhone portrait mode to like um, a Sony A7 or something like that? Have you guys watched no. any of those? No. Uh, so like the iPhones have a crazy portrait mode, and like they ask people on the street, like, okay, which one did the iPhone take? And most of the time, people are getting it wrong, um, just because that's how good that. Apple has been able to like sort of emulate that that oh, blur, yeah, and like the portrait lighting and all that. Uh, it's it's really interesting. But um, if we're talking like specific camera models, I'm not sure if I can make a like a definitive suggestion. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, a lot of it comes down to just what can you afford, um, right. like Canon, Sony, Nikon, uh, Fujifilm. They're all making like really good cameras right now. So it's just your personal preference a lot of the time. Okay. Um, and when you're starting off, like you don't necessarily know that. So find maybe a photographer that you like their style and, and see what they're using. And, and then maybe try to get something along the, the lines of what they have. Cool. And what was it you were using again? Uh, right now I have a Canon 6D. So it's uh, a few years old. Uh, it's a full frame camera. And yeah, really enjoying it. A few lenses for it. And so I assume that as people get deeper and deeper into this, they're going to understand what different lenses do and, you know, different flashes and all that kind of stuff. So it's not really worth discussing kind of what's best to have in your kit sort of thing. Yeah, like it's totally subjective. uh, I'd love to just be able to like sell a lot of my stuff and just use like one lens. Um, But because of a lot of the paid jobs and stuff required to have multiple focal lengths and multiple lenses. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, fair enough, man. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, KT, let's get into your rapid fire. But I just I want to start it off because I only have one question <laughs> for it. Uh, Go. And then I'll let you just have at it. Don't 
give me that look like you're tired <laughs> I'm of me. upset about it, but you can go. Wait, oh, you're so... upset about it. Don't give me that. Okay, so rapid fire, like, like 30 second response. Or we're like just going to get to know you really quick. Here okay. we go. Okay, this is the only question I had for it, which is uh, your favorite photo destination. Mm. Favorite photo destination. Oh, boy. Uh, China? Okay. Nice. Wait, hold on. Yeah. When you say Let's China, see. explain to people yeah. what you mean by China. Yeah, so I've been to China three times now. Um, Beijing is pretty interesting, but I loved going down to like the Tibetan region of China um, to uh, Kangding and like the Chengdu area uh, because just the culture there is just amazing. Like everywhere you look, there's a spectacular scene or like really interesting characters. It's it's phenomenal. Okay, okay, T, fire yeah. away, man. Okay, Mason. Single, yeah. married, or in a relationship? Married. <laughs> uh, how long? Uh, just over a year. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, cat or dog? Or dog. Are you a cat person or a dog person? You have a dog? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I, I heard him there earlier. That's cool. Yeah, she was playing. She brought a ball upstairs. She wanted to play, so I had to like scurry her away. <laughs> um, yeah. Spaghetti or lasagna? Uh, neither. Okay. Oh man! Okay, yeah. there we go. <laughs> it would be the number one, not like, you know, like in that category of like quick, but not super. You know, what I'm talking about, you know, like pizza. Neither or, of those uh, quick. <laughs> Spaghetti is quick, man, and I'm thinking KD when I think macaroni. <laughs> please do not act like spaghetti. Oh, you're one of those guys who pulls sauce out of a can, aren't you? Uh, Absolutely. That's my. That's, That's one of the meals shame. Brittany leaves for me when she goes to work and I have to make my own dinner. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, I love pizza and also fries. Any kind of fries. Love them. Yes. Yeah. Picks a side for his favorite dish. <laughs> yeah. This is why me and Mason are such good friends right here. I just like having a, a bottle of Coke. Yeah. <laughs> um, sunrises or sunsets? Oh, sunrises every day. Okay. Yeah, if you can wake up to get to them. Sometimes in the summer, that like 3 a.m. morning is just tough. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sunrise is just even practical to me, but yeah. Yeah. Um, mountains or the beach? Oh, mountains for sure. Really? Yeah. Okay. Cool, man. See, this is why we ask these questions. I wouldn't have guessed that. Well, that's it. That's cool. I'm that... glad we got to know you a little better. Awesome. <laughs> Dude, hang on uh i want to finish off with this as silly as it sounds um terrariums you got to explain these to me what is the purpose of these stupid things i mean i should call them <laughs> stupid dragons, cause, right because whole dragons Don't no you? derek explain to me all the dragons that live in this world are we in game of thrones right now <laughs> I mean, yeah, my point exactly. Also known as an iguana. <laughs> uh, no, wrong kind of terrarium, by the way. Uh, Mason makes these little like potted, like <laughs> it looks like <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, but they're they're super cool looking. But they're just like a little glass jar with dirt, basically, and like a cactus. Or is it a cactus that's in some of them? Yeah, so they're they're usually called like open air terrariums, and they have like succulents or cacti in them. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. Saw a lot of them on Pinterest. Thought I'd try it one summer, uh, and made a lot of them. Made a lot of money that summer off of them. Dude, so. they're really? actually really cool. Every time I see you put up pictures yeah. of them, I just want one, but I don't live anywhere near you to get one. Yeah, how do they and- transport? Uh, not well. Not yeah. well. Yeah, no. And, and that's what I realized. So if I'm ever back out in Alberta, I'll let you know because I definitely want it. They're the best, and they just look hilarious because it's almost like a oh, man. T. It's like a poor man's chia pet, except it lasts yeah, yeah. way longer because it's just like yeah, it's your own pet plant that you just water it every day, sort of thing. Succulents and cacti are tough, tough little plants. But it's not yeah. big enough that it's gonna like consume a huge portion of like space in your house or anything it, they're cool yeah. though i like super it. easy super green so and i gotta give you cool. credit man because you have these things coming out in different shapes and sizes and they're sweet man so all the power to you with that as well thanks yeah i <laughs> definitely thought animals live in a terrarium yeah usually like <laughs> reptiles live in terrariums so like dragons yeah, yeah. like yeah. not dragons <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, anyways well thank you very much for joining us man 
And Wait, what about the news? Come Tara, on, man. We're at an hour and no one wants to listen to you read news uh, articles off the internet. Okay. People can do that themselves. Well, uh, they won't find the best so. news article. Derek, that's not true. Hang on. Time out. You got bring bring a heater right off the bat here and we'll decide if you we're gonna carry on with more than one news story. Okay. This one's uh pretty big. Better like be the one. best one. Um <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard about this, oh, but gosh. this happened in Montreal today. A man was pulled over for screaming. <laughs> and guess what he was actually doing? I don't know. He was, just, he was singing Everybody Dance Now by the CNC Music Everybody Factory. Dance Now, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so right, that's pretty good. Yeah, Tufik Moala got pulled over, and officers asked if he'd been screaming, and he said, no, I was just singing along to my favorite song. Either way, the officers did give him a ticket for $118 for screaming in a public place. What? <laughs> I know, right? I, I would fight that. That's garbage. I know. Can you believe that's a ticketed offense? I'm going to say it. Quebec's Quebec's a dumpster fire of a province. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Get it together, guys. (laughs) Dumpster fire of a province. Hey, if you're from Quebec, we don't think that of you. Just the whole province itself, okay? Everyone but you. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, anyways, the poor guy says, I don't know if it was because my voice was bad, and that's why I got the ticket, but I was very shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. And Moala does make a good point. He does say, it's kind of like if a Montreal fan screams in their car when the Canadians would get a goal during a hockey game. And it's like, yeah, that's that's pretty true. But, yeah, <laughs> tough yeah. day for that guy. <laughs> well, that's an interesting one. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's too much pressure on the news here, Maddie. You're making me a little nervous, but I'm going to go for it anyways. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I was kind of hoping you were going the other way. And you'd be like, ah, I'll just crumble and not do it. But anyways, carry on. Can't, can't do it. Okay, so Google Earth reveals ancient mystery in Saudi Arabia. I don't know if you've heard about this, but you know, Google Earth is the popular Google mapping service where you can see stuff right from... <laughs> Who doesn't know what Google Earth is? Pull your yeah, head out of the point. sand, please, people. <laughs> if you haven't heard of Google Earth before. Specifically, they took pictures of the sky of this region in Saudi Arabia that's supposed to be inhospitable. I mean, it's currently inhospitable. And they're saying they found these gates, these man-made giant things that are only really recognizable from the sky that are 2,000 to 9,000 years old back when that part of Saudi Arabia was habitable. And I thought about it because I wanted to... <laughs> we should get Caleb back on to see if there's any good conspiracy theories as to how they ended up <laughs> where they are. Hang and Maybe on. it was aliens, maybe it was what? Gates? How yeah, that's they know, what they... they how do they know that gates. they would be that old? Did they go uh, and like, look at them? They must have. Oh, yeah. interesting. I mean, they're generally now in what are volcanic lava fields. Um, hmm. Yeah. The big question is, why were they there? When I say gates, I mean they're shaped like gates in 2D version. Like, it's just like someone drew a 2D gate on the ground from the sky. Okay. You know what I mean? It's not like a standing gate that you have to open and close. Um, <laughs> but yeah, kind of hmm. cool. Kind of interesting, mysterious stuff going on in Saudi Arabia. Here's the thing about Saudi Arabia. And when they say... <laughs> in... so many ways you can go with that. No, no, no. no relax, 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 relax. When they say inhabitable... I disagree with that completely. You know, uh, Tarek's wife, Brittany, and I were having a conversation last week, and we were discussing the city of Dubai, which is obviously not in, well, it's kind of Saudi Arabia, but not really. Uh, It's like on the toe end of Saudi Arabia (laughs) in another country completely. But the fact remains is that that is a man-made city in the middle of the desert. And so I feel like there is enough money in Saudi Arabia to figure out any climate that they have in an unhabitable part of their country and could make it very much habitable if they wanted. So I completely disagree they do, with that. They do call it a volcanic lava field, though. And we're good at stuff, but I don't know if we can live on volcanoes that have actual lava. When those guys got like, I'm sure those guys have like trillions of dollars. And yeah, I'm sure they can afford they might be to, to do whatever they want there. But could they have done that 2,000 years ago? Uh, I don't know. 
But, or maybe it wasn't lava field back then. That's what they're saying, I think, is maybe they weren't. But then how would they still be there? Because you think the lava would have wrecked them? Who knows, man? Who it's knows? interesting. It Lots is, to think about. It is very interesting. Lots to think about. I would be curious yeah. to know who did who did these studies to see that they were two to 9,000-year-old gates, though. That just Archaeologists, seems... man. Archaeologists. You have not cited a single archaeologist yet. Was it Indiana <laughs> Jones? Was he the one leading the expedition there? I mean, he's the only archaeologist with any credibility left, so it's got to be him. Dude, I don't him, know a single archaeologist him, except for Indiana or, Jones, believe it or not. <laughs> no, you know, um, I've got to steal the Inde- Declaration of Independence. What the heck is that movie called? Oh, National ben Treasure. Gates from National <laughs> <Yeah>. Treasure. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Yeah, him or Indiana Jones. It's got to be Ben Gates or Indiana Jones who Dude, decided to age it. I wonder, you know, here's a question for you. I wonder how huge archaeology majors became in the 80s thanks to indiana jones like how i know right you like public universities how much that spiked just because (laughs) that would have made it super cool it would have and then four years later they would have been super disappointed (laughs) (laughs) i'm cataloging at a museum like that's my life (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's it for the news this week man two great stories i had a story about a duck (laughs) the dumbest animal on earth the greatest animal on earth. Apparently, this fellow is trying to find a pink duck, and he's trying to see if it exists. But until I get the full story, I didn't want to present it, so I just oh, wanted that's to. That's good. You know, Please give a teaser teaser trailer for now. Save it for like following the next up six to fellow. nine months. He wants to prove that a duck with pink feathers exists. Oh. For what purpose? Nobody knows. But just if you find it, people shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that duck. Anyways. On this earth. Well, thanks for listening for the week, guys. Thanks, Mason, for being on. Um, you can find you guys can find him on masonunra.com, U-N-R-A-U.com. You can get in touch with him there. There's a contact us section. And um, anything else you want to say, Mason, before we head out? Uh, not really. Uh, a really cool show on Netflix, actually, for like up-and-coming photographers or any photographers. Uh, it's called Tales by Light. Okay. Um, and, like, yeah, it's huge inspiration if you're into photography. And nice. if you're just into art altogether, I believe Bob Ross's show is on there as well. If you're just into art. If you want some Bob Ross, you know, that's where you go. Uh, Mason, where can they find you on social media? Because you post great pictures every day. I look forward to my Instagram story with you regularly. Tell them where they yeah. can find you. Uh, again, like all social media, it's just Mason Unra. Just add Mason Unroth. Check him out. Yeah. Uh, it's really there good stuff. Go. I'm telling you. Oh, he... final question. What are you going to be for Halloween? Uh, usually I go as a photographer because I just happen to have a camera. Yeah, it's easy. I'm not a huge Halloween dresser. Ever. You go for like the cheesy photographer. You wear like the big hipster glasses and some plaid and some suspenders. No, I think so. I might have one year maybe, but you know, <laughs> I can't remember. Cool. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank Thanks, you so buddy. much, Mason. And uh, as soon as your podcast is up and running with Caleb, let us know. We'll plug it on here. Um, For sure. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Buddy. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks, man. Peace out, folks. <laughs>